0: This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Comcast is the latest company to jump into the streaming wars. It debuted what will be on its new Peacock streaming service which will start uh, operations on July 15th. There are going to be three tiers, including a free option. Some of the content will be supplemented by advertising as well. The content will be a mix of new programming, reboots from older NBC shows, and current program programming. Excuse me. Raghu Iyengar is a faculty director of the Wharton Customer Analytics Initiative, and he joins me here in studio. Good to see you again. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Uh, free option. I, I didn't think the word free was available in the streaming in the streaming world.
1: I I, mean, I can see why they're trying to do that. I think there's been a lot of subscription fatigue. Uh, you know, there are many many consumers who are just confused with you know what they have to pay for. Do they really want to kind of pay for service where they don't know exactly what the content will be? Will the content be pulled out? This is their way of, in some sense, ensuring that people can try it out and decide if they want to upgrade.
0: Is having a, an ad supported service how do you think that's going to react with the consumer yeah i think it depends uh, from
1: what i understand from the recent announcement they've made uh, the ad would be like 5 minutes to an hour yeah um, that's not that you know extreme yeah. so in that sense i think it does serve a dual purpose they're somehow you know in some sense having the ads but they're not going over the top in terms of annoying the consumer
0: so i think they're trying to find the seed spot it might change over time well, I guess they can do that. Considering they're going to be getting revenue on both sides of this, they will be gaining some revenue from the sh- from the advertising side of it. But obviously, in in the case of some of these plateaus, these tiers, yeah. they're going to be gaining either four ninety nine a month or nine ninety nine a month. Exactly. I mean, that's the hope. Um, I'll be a little bit circumspect uh, in the following sense. I mean, I think what they're
1: trying to do is to join the bandwagon. You name it; every company wants to have that flexibility. Yeah. But you know, they have the regular cable subscribers. Are they, in some sense, giving them an incentive to
0: cut the cord even faster? Yeah. So it's not quite clear. I think there is a. It's a very complex market. What do you think that that this continuing run to add streaming services means for traditional cable companies now in the next few years? It, it seems like they're going to see more and more people cutting the cords, even with uh, with uh, uh, companies saying we're not going to do uh, contracts anymore. Yeah.
1: No, I think, uh, let's take Comcast example. Um, you know, I think Comcast is an interesting uh, situation in that, on the one hand, obviously, they have the regular cable. On the other hand, the number one, in some sense, company giving them money on the broadband is Netflix. Right. And so in that sense, I think, you know, would, they, would it be so bad if people cut their cable and go on the broadband and see Netflix and perhaps their own service? Probably not that bad. So they're trying to, under, in some sense, anticipate what's happening and try to make sure that they can, can get revenue from both sides. Hopefully from the broadband, I wouldn't be surprised if the prices keep going up even on the broadband, just because they understand that people are already cutting the cord. So let's try to maximize that money.
0: So then what do you think is going to be the key to making this Peacock streaming service successful? I think it's all about content. Um, Just to give you some numbers, uh, I was looking at some numbers. Uh,
1: 2009, there were about 210 scripted shows out there. Uh, 2013, it went up to 349. 2019, which was last year, it was a 500 plus 532 shows. Yeah. On the one hand, consumers maybe are happier. Oh, there's so much to watch. On the other hand, I mean creativity. I mean, can you really find new content? <laughs> if there are 500 shows out there. Yeah. So I think the key would actually be interesting new content that consumers really want to watch, even for free, even if it's free. Do I really want to watch some content that's a rerun? Perhaps. Uh, but I think if you want to kind of get my eyeballs, mm-hmm. you really have to develop new content. Netflix has really upped the ante in terms of how much money they are putting in for new content. I think Peacock would re, or NBC Universal really would have to step it up in terms of how much new content they're getting.
0: Does does this potentially also start uh, a a different mindset around what we consider to be traditional TV and traditional TV service. Yeah. With the big networks, ABC, NBC, C B S. Obviously we have an expectation, okay, eight to eleven primetime programming, six yeah. PM yeah. your local news, six thirty your your national news, uh eleven uh thirty PM you're yeah. gonna have the, the the late night show. Yeah. It feels like we're starting to maybe see a little bit of a turn in how we're thinking about what what the future of T V programming is gonna be. Yeah, I mean, I think you can already see some of that. Um, I think there's a lot
1: more fragmentation in terms of when people want to watch something. So for instance, I'm from India. Uh, so Netflix, for example, introduced a mobile-only plan only for India. Why? Because that's the market that they see. It's dirt cheap. It's $3 a month. Wow. Um, and so in that sense, I think, and for Indian rupees, about 200 rupees. Uh, why did they do that? Because what they found in that market is that many more people are on their mobile. Mobile penetration is huge. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, as we see the trend here in terms of fragmentation of time spent on different kinds of programming throughout the day, that you would see a lot more of this regular change of the traditional news hour and so on and so forth spread throughout the day.
0: One of the interesting things they noted uh, in, in making this move is that with the new Peacock service, a show like The Tonight Show mm-hmm. is now going to be broadcast basically live yep. at 8 p.m. Yes. Eastern time yes. on this service. Yes. If you don't have the service, then you're going to be able to have to watch it at 11.30 p.m. Yeah. So, again, you're giving the consumer the flexibility of yeah. watching a show when they want to watch it. Yeah, but I think, you know, there is obviously there's always a cost to it. Um, I wouldn't be
1: surprised. Uh, and there was a recent Deloitte study where, um, if again, if I look at some of the numbers, about half of the people give up searching for content if they can't find it in a few minutes. Um, and imagine right. the number of services out there. Uh, there's the Netflix, there's Amazon, there's Disney Plus, there's, um, you know, HBO Max coming out, Quibi coming out in April. <laughs> I think what you are now seeing is in some sense, you know, you need uh, a provider to tell you what to watch where. Uh, that was the original cable. So are we thinking of like, you know, uh, uh, an entity that will now tell you, well, here's the what you want to watch here's the set of services that you would need if that's the content you need to watch.
0: We're going to have to bring back a version of old TV guide, right? Old TV guide
1: for telling you where to watch.
0: To be able to, (laughs) to know where everything is. We're joined by Raghu Iyengar, who's a faculty director of the Wharton Customer Analytics Initiative. We're talking about the new Peacock streaming service. So obviously the Disney... Plus streaming service got a lot of publicity and has done very well. Uh, And and obviously they have done very well, I think, in part because the new Star Wars film came Uh out uh, in in December as well. I think the question then is, what do entities like Disney, who are so attached to certain franchises, how do they continue that? excitement yes. throughout the course of, uh, of 12 months. Yeah, but I think uh, that's a hard thing that they have to think about because I
1: guess they, they timed this service because of the new movie coming out. I think that gathered a lot of momentum. Uh, but I think what they'll have to do is perhaps, again, going back to fresh new content, Yeah. Uh, try to tie in as much as possible and they have the right market for it. They have their theme parks, they have the movies coming out, they have that service. So can you in some sense have the cross channel in that you have the service but you also kind of entice people to come to the theme park, they get excited and they want that service. And so I think in that sense, that's their play, I think, uh, because having all these multiple touch points with the right audience uh, and and hopefully they can generate new content all the time that can spiral that audience.
0: Are are there any of these services that you think right now are really set up to succeed significantly over the next few years? Because as you mentioned before, Pretty much everybody wants to have a streaming service these yes, days.
1: Yes. So I think, you know, uh, it, it, it Netflix in some sense, you know, I, we've talked a lot about Netflix over the years, but I think what they jumped on the bandwagon early, and perhaps they already had some indication that many uh, companies were pulling the content out of their service. Yeah. 2013 was a big change for them, House of Cards coming along. Yeah. I think they quickly realized that unless they can have their own content and put money behind it, they will lose people. Um, so I think in that sense, having that early kind of plunge into coming up with new content, what works, what doesn't. And one thing obviously great for Amazon, as well as uh, Netflix, is they have a closed environment. They can really track what people are watching, when are they watching, how much did they watch, and come up with new content based on that. So all the new technology, machine learning, all of that stuff going behind the scenes, I think that's lacking for some of the other sort of the more traditional people so far. Right. Because they need to be able to rely on other services to tell them what's you know bubbling up. As Netflix on Amazon have their own environment, they can do
0: that much faster. Great seeing you again. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Raghu Thank Iyengar you. from here at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.